Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today. The St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, in partnership with Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network, presents a podcast for families in crisis. Hello, welcome to a podcast from the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. My name is Anne DeSantis, and I am the director on this podcast this evening for Families in Crisis. Our topic is Choose Life. This is actually part two of our podcast. Our guest is Nancy, and Nancy's been a guest on our podcast before. She's coming to us from the suburbs outside of Chicago. So we want to welcome you, Nancy. Thank you so much for being here again. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. I know we have so much to discuss during this uh, one-hour podcast, and this podcast is specifically for families in crisis, but we have many different topics. Um, We have talked about uh, adult children of divorce. We've talked about uh, other family difficulties, some of our other topics coming in the future, anti-pornography, natural family planning, and other topics, even including human trafficking. So just keep an eye on this podcast as we will be covering so many different topics. But on this evening, we will be talking about the importance of choosing life. We are coming into an election season, as we all know. And although we don't really get into politics or candidates or anything like that to a a big extent, uh, we do want to say that uh, on this podcast, we will be talking about the importance of choosing life in every aspect, even when it comes to those voting decisions. So again, Nancy, I thank you for this conversation that we're going to have. And I also want to invite people to go to last month's podcast because uh, on part one, we talked about a lot of different aspects of the pro-life movement, but one of those was values and how we get our values and, and how to make proper decisions when it comes to choosing life, you know, and life goes from conception all the way until natural death. I want to invite you all as well to please check out our website sometime to go to nonatus.org and a little bit about us as we were founded in 2015 by the Mercedarian Friars. In fact, Father Ken Breen is here with us on this podcast, listening on the live feed on YouTube. Hello, Father Ken. And we also make available to you, the people who are those that we serve, free spiritual consultation appointments with a Mercedarian friar and or myself. So I would like to invite you that if you're interested, if you are a family in crisis, if you have something that you would need to talk to a priest about, to please do email me. Um, My direct email is director.srnf at gmail.com. That stands for St. Raymond Onatis Foundation. And we can make an appointment at your convenience. So we look forward to that. 
And we are also on all the social media platforms. Just wanted to mention that we are under St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation and also under the name Philly Nonatus, Philly for Philadelphia, because that's where we're headquartered. So thank you again, everyone, for being here with us. And back to Nancy and back to this uh, good conversation that we're going to have about choosing life. Nancy, would you be able to give us a little review of last month's podcast? I think that's great because uh, we covered a lot. One of the things we talked about was not to prefer um, man's opinion, but to rely on the abundant grace and love of our Lord. And God gave us some guidelines out of love. And we started with a few of the Ten Commandments. So just to remember, we had, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So we're thinking when the slaves, when um, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, that also refers to us being slaves to our own passions and our disordered human will. We lost our union with God when Adam and Eve turned away from God and decided to follow their own will, and they fell from heaven, fell from um, their beautiful union with the Lord. So we are dealing with that profoundly, and it relates to the human, our human dignity. So we talked a little bit about how um, without God, we end up devolving. We become self-involved, and we don't soar like uh, with God, we turn away from God. So that's part of what's going on right now in our culture. It seems to devolve more and more. So there's not a government or some cultural social restrictions or rules um, that really guide us in a way that gives us our total perfect human dignity. God does, but our cultures don't. We end up um, selling off our human dignity to um, our own little pursuits. And what are those pursuits? Well, I'd like to go into that a little further, but we can look at what God's morals and ethics bring us um, peace and comfort. And we feel um, at a place where we know we can lean on God. We don't feel like we're separated from him because there's so much possibilities. We don't feel so insecure. There's a place where we realize with God, all things are possible. We're on the other side of it, and not to do uh, like pros and cons, but it's the truth. We end up being in a place where we're blinded, we're second-guessing ourselves, we're uncertain, we're dealing with consequences that can pull the rug out from underneath us, and we end up feeling, well, having poorly formed consciences, making decisions that have difficult and horrible consequences that we suffer with. So that's where we kind of left it off. I think the next part, we might start looking at what co-responsibility for the common good looks like and how we can share with our Lord in developing what the common good looks like under his direction. Yeah, so, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. It's a wonderful start because you're right. Our values and the culture does have a big impact on our decisions. And right before this podcast started, you and I were speaking and talking about how the world has one set of values and the church and our faith has another. And there's a struggle there. So I think what you are always trying to convey, which I do think is very wonderful advice, 
is that we do need to pray and we do need to submit to uh, what God wishes for us and what God wishes not just for us, but for the common good. So please do talk more about that. I think it's a great topic. Okay, so let's just uh, kind of go back a little bit to see what happens to us. What we're, we're in kind of an, an environment, our home environment, our cultural environment, we can call it a soup. And it, it helps us form, um, good or bad. And so we have this collective culture that affects us whether we're aware of it or not. These values that we end up to, um, using and you know, our habits become part of what we are and really they become who we are. So this is important because this peer pressure that's being exerted on us, um, it's hard to even see. It's almost, it's almost difficult to decipher if we're acting on our own or, or responding to a cultural norm, which we may not even recognize that it's against our, our better um, selves. It's against what God had planned for us. So if we look at what happened in the Garden of Eden, instead of recognizing God's love, they ended up, um, and, and that would be that we're requesting an opportunity to interact with God and pass this test to be obedient, loving, trusting, faithful, humble, patient, all these virtues. Well, we ended up letting that go. So that's what we're dealing with. And this self-involvement is um, human acts and objectives. And so human acts tend to be indifferent, where if we're conducting ourselves um, with God-given principles, we have human dignity, these principles are towards God, our acts do have uh, make a difference, we affect each other, we have intention, and we recognize that these objectives, if aren't met, we're going to have very, we're going to be very disappointed, we're going to have consequences, and we're really hurting God. And the more we know God, the more we realize how when we turn from him and do our own idea of what's a good idea, you know, what we're going to do, um, it's very painful to our God. And Mother Mary, she helps us walk with God. She helps us turn to God. And God, when he wants us, he's not always pointing at himself. He wants to share his mother with us. So when we start looking at turning towards God, we need to recognize that we do have a loving God, a forgiving God. And when we, when we have God, what does that look like? We are living in a impurity, chastity, obedience. And this gives us true freedom to do authentic good. And remember that hint that we talked about looking at the Blessed Virgin Mary. So with God, all things are possible. He does the work in us if we give him permission. Where if we don't ask God to be um, with us, we, we end up um, getting disordered, disorganized, and really being blinded by our sin. We can't even see that we are in sin. So if I can take another minute just to say, what is sin? Why are we focusing on sin? Aren't I good? But what are you talking about? So we might have really good intentions and this, in this wishful thinking, um, it's only going to be a matter of time until we realize what went wrong. And then sometimes if we don't really develop these um, identity with God, that we're adopted and redeemed in God, we 
end up getting caught in our dysfunction, in our sin, and then we're sorry. But that's okay. We can start there. So what does the Catechism of the Catholic Church say sin is? And I, this is what I think makes it simple. Just go to the Catechism. It's number 1849. It says, sin, and I'm quoting, sin is an offense against reason, truth, and right conscience. It is failure, failure in genuine love for God and neighbor, caused by perverse attachment to goods. A little bit more. It wounds the nature of man and injures human solidarity. It has been defined as a um, grave desire contrary to eternal law. So I think that's where we're talking about our co basically our co-responsibility in helping our, our human, other human beings, our human culture and the conditions that we live in. Thank you for that. I think it's always good when we can refer to the catechism and the, the doctrines of the church, the teachings of the church, because there is such wisdom there. And for people who haven't ever done that before, maybe you've never picked up a catechism, you know, it's, it's as easy as uh, just going on your phone because there's a lot of the documents of the church, and I believe even the catechism at uh, Vatican VA, uh, if you go there, Vatican.va, I believe it is, um, you can find a lot of the, the, the encyclicals, a lot of the teachings, and I believe even the catechism. I know that the catechism is on the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops website, too, but it, it is... Uh, doable to find it even on your mobile device. <laughs> so that, that's a convenient thing for all of us that we can always refer. Nancy, thank you so much. Um, now, just kind of um, weaving back to our topic, because the topic for this evening's podcast is Choose Life. Uh, it is part two. And, and Nancy's talking a lot about values. She's talking a lot about, um, you know, really making a decision for God in your life, really making that decision to be in union with him and not to be blinded by uh, our own human will. And I know we've discussed that before the podcast, Nancy. Um, but in, also now, for those of you who are listening and thinking that you might want to know about resources for people who are contemplating abortion, um, and just how is abortion affecting our society? Well, it's affecting it greatly, um, even when it comes to a time like this, which is election time, right? Because people make decisions based on uh, sometimes what their values are according to pro-life and pro-choice. Now, as Catholics, we believe that conception does begin right, uh, right a life, excuse me, be begins right at conception and ends at natural death. So there's a lot in between there too. So as people who are pro-life, we are honoring all aspects of life so issues such as phys physician-assisted suicide or euthanasia or capital punishment, you know, all of those things fall into the same category of pro-life, including taking care of those people who are less fortunate than us, than us such as the homeless or people who are in need or have uh, some type of disability. So there's many, many aspects to being pro-life, and that is what we're all about here at the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation. And what Nancy's talking about all has to do with this. It all has to do with making those right decisions to be in union with God and realizing that you will make proper decisions even 
when it comes to uh, your civic duty, your civic duty. Um, now, I want to give you a couple resources, if I could, too, for people listening. Um, I'm from the greater Philadelphia area. We have a wonderful pro-life organization just right here in my area, but it is a national organization, too. So please do check it out online. It's called the Pro-Life Union of Greater Philadelphia. They are helping many moms to be able to make the right choice when it comes to choosing life. And the president is Tom Stevens. They are very involved with 40 Days for Life, which I'm sure some of you are uh, familiar with that. So do please uh, check that out. Also, you want to go online, and if you are a younger person, please do look into finding out about Students for Life. And I know that they're on all of the social media platforms. And before we end this program, I'll be sure to give you the website for Students for Life too. But anyway, Nancy, it's back to you. Uh, I just sure. wanted to interject a little bit there about the different offerings uh, to become more involved in the pro-life movement. So once a person has made that union with God, they've made a decision that, you know what, they're not perfect. Maybe they need to get to confession like we all do or pray more, get to mass more often. Um, you mentioned something about being in union with his power. Can you explain what that means? What, is, what does it mean to be in union with God's power? This is so exciting. There is nothing in our culture that can compare to this. Once we start moving and after confession, we can ask for God to ask, Lord Jesus, tell us about your power, what he can do for us if we give him permission. So we've heard of things like healings and being able to um, have peace, great opportunities to be with others in, at a, not only in our, in our faith community, but with others, even when it's difficult, have that peace that even when there's the aggravated, agitated, um, anti-Christian person there, we can meet them with God's love, not our love, God's love. That's his power. Where Jesus is, is Jesus's power. Where his power is, is Jesus. So what are we doing as a church? How did we lose this? Or many people do still have it. We hear of many miracles. Um, St. John Paul II, our, our Pope, he was very discreet about the many miracles he had when he was alive. But if you look into it, he was healing people and many of these um, interactions he had with, uh, with the people of, the, of our faith. He was healing people. So God's power can work in us. His, our ideas, what we think life's all about, might be a little distorted. So I'm going to back up a little bit to Adam and Eve again. We ended up coming into this world discarded, discarding our unity with God. And we discarded it through Adam and Eve for a lie. It was a convincing lie. And it led us into the darkness of separation from God. We don't even know we're separated from God. We think we're good. But we are blinded, disordered. We have rebellion, disobedience. We are enslaved to our passions, our pride. And this disordered sequence of events, because we turned away from God and have inherited this in original sin, has darkened our conscience. So it's challenging unless we really step up our game and ask God to help us bring his power into our lives, into our souls, into our minds. We want to be enlightened. 
We don't want to be duped by the liar. I know I don't. I'm hoping you don't. So (laughs) this is is what our sin is doing. It's separating us from God. And why don't we understand it? It's because of this original sin that we lost our, our vision. We lost our unity. We got a pretty mixed up. You're giving us a very good catechism lesson. And I think we all need it because when it comes to looking at our culture and looking at ourselves and saying, you know, why is my opinion this way or that way? Um, and it is because of the culture. I mean, obviously, if we really think about it, we know that there's a good force and an evil force and evil forces and, and the devil himself doesn't want us to make those good choices. I know you and I have discussed that before. Um, and that's putting it pretty simply, pretty black and white. But what we're doing is, um, and I think what you're doing very well, Nancy, is unpacking for us um, the catechism, the teachings of the church. And also some thoughts and prayers that we can really reflect on when we make those special decisions that have to do with our civic duty to choosing life, getting back to what we're talking about here. I know the next thing on your list that you wanted to talk about is um, that we are divinized with him and perfected uh, through him for all of us. So maybe you can just give us more detail on what does that exactly mean? Right. It it sounds like something... You know, when I first heard it, I thought, divinized with God. Wait a minute, aren't I just supposed to go to heaven and become an angel? I was so uninformed, so that's why I wanted to bring this up. Once we realized who we really are, our identity, we are given this place of such honor. Mother Mary, I think I hinted at her several times, she also shows us a glimpse of what God might have in store for us. Now, we're not going to be um, a Mary. She's unique in the creation of, um, uh, of, of that God, in God's creation. But we are going to be divinized by God himself. He does the perfecting in us. And you look at other cultures and other religions, this is the only religion that recognizes that God has invited us little human creatures that we are, to be in his image. And I don't know why I didn't get that, that it might be divinized by him because of his perfection and his phenomenal, amazing love for us. But we can't do it. So there's other religions that, you know, you can do it, you can do it, you know, pray enough, um, try enough. God saved us. He's created us, he's saved us, and he's sanctifying us, but he won't do it without our permission. So he did create us without us, but he won't save us and divinize us without our permission. So we recognize that he has the authority to do this. It's a basic um, understanding in our faith that to be happy, safe, comfortable, um, enthusiastic, to participate in everything he wants for us as fully alive human being will be with him. I don't know why we want to choose anything else. So if we're recognizing that we're not fully alive, that maybe there is some um, resistance to it, that's okay. Recognize it. It's real because that's how we were born. So we need to ask for help with that. Say, God, I want to be fully alive. Help me to be fully alive. Thank you so much. And so far you've shared such great wisdom. Um, 
And that one especially was very good because uh, as we become holier and we offer our prayers and, and, and really try to, uh, you know, we're never going to become completely sinless, right? I mean, as we're human beings on this earth, but we can do our best to avoid sin, to live this sacramental life, to visit confession and receive the Eucharist as often as we can. And in doing these things, yes, I think what you're saying and what I'm hearing is that we can have that union with God. Um, I do want to turn to the fact that this has been a rough year for all of us, for many of us, 2020 uh, with COVID-19, with the losing of many jobs, and some people have gotten separated or divorced, unfortunately. We always offer our prayers to those people because part of what we do as a foundation is make outreach uh, to you. We care. And that's part of the mission that, that we're all about. Um, and this discussion is a little more theological, a little more about deepening your faith. So we thank Nancy for her wonderful wisdom. And we turn back to the fact, too, that this um, podcast is about choosing life. So where Nancy is going with all of this is that unless, unless we kind of look within ourselves and the way we're living and really try to deepen our faith, not as an act of the will, but out of love for God. As we're deepening our faith, we have the ability to make those good decisions that help to make the world and our country and our communities really a better place. Uh, so I thank you for that. Now, the next thing that you have on your list is uh, letting God help, allowing God to help us. So how can we do that? How can we let him into our lives even more? I think you brought up prayer. That's a great beginning. Start everything with a simple prayer and offer it to God and ask him to come in and show you and then go into his prayer. So he taught us the Our Father. And I, when I started realizing that some people con um, contemplate the Our Father for days and have written volumes on it, I realized I might have been missing a little bit something there, a little bit of something. <laughs> so mm -hmm. when we pray, <laughs> we can ask God to help us pray. And Mother Mary helps us pray, too. So as I was learning about um, Christ, I realized he was trying to show me his mother, too. In prayer, I realized, oh, you do want me to pray this rosary, this repetitive thing. But I cannot tell you what it brought into my life. And it's a simple prayer, but so many ways to pray it. And it enters our human mind, and it creates, it, it helps us create that wonder and it's inexhaustible mystery. Then we start craving this happiness that we get when we share some time with Mary. And then she likes to help us, let, let God help us. So she brings us to the cross when we need it, when we're suffering. And she lets us know this is what we do with our suffering. She stood at the foot of the cross and engaged with the suffering of Christ. So there's no suffering that's going to waste, no sacrifice. And when I bring this into our decision-making, especially if it has to do with something difficult, like an unexpected or unplanned pregnancy that is, seems very difficult, we're a religion of suffering. We understand it. We're one of the few religions that understand and have an answer for suffering. And that Jesus faced evil. He faced suffering. He faced misunderstanding and lack of support and abandonment. And he gives us the door 
to open up and walk through, walk through him, Mary, and all the saints that he gives us and all the help. What about our guardian angel? All the resources that we'd ever want. We, we really cannot depend on man. We're trying. We're trying in, in our faith to be the um, co-responsibility, you know, have the co-responsibility of having the common good. But with or without the support of people that we would expect to support us, we go to God. Before you know it, one phone call away, and he provides us with something very encouraging, some pragmatic help. Um, and, but we have to ask for it, and we have to let go a little bit from what we end up thinking is our responsibility. No, we have, God has, has us. He's got our back. And I like to look at Galatians 1, verse 5. And I'm quoting, What is the good that a, her, a human person can do? And then includes, it includes the goodness of truth, end quote. So what can we, def, we, can, we can deflect from the good that God's trying to provide for us if we don't ask for his help. And when we prefer the creature to God, then we put a wall up. He, it's like turning away from God. God, you know, we prefer to do what our family says or what the culture says. And we lose this um, great, amazing grace, guidance, his, the type of growth that he wants to give us. Because when you're a parent or when you're making decisions to support someone in illness or someone that's had um, disabilities or someone that's homeless, you are really stepping out of the box in our culture. You will get some, some um, black, may I say, people that think that you've kind of lost your mind. Why, why would you do this to yourself? I've actually heard that myself. Why would you do this to yourself? Mm -hmm. Like I'm punishing myself for helping others when really it is a great gift. I couldn't be happier when I'm helping others with the right intent to serve God and for his greater glory. Praise God. Thank you so much for sharing. And, you know, it is really part of being Catholic. We have those corporal and spiritual works of mercy. And certainly you're talking about the corporal works of mercy where we can actually do physical, um, physical things and physical gifts to give to people, whether it be feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, clothing the naked. I mean, some of the uh, corporal works of mercy. Uh, we are living out God's will for ourselves to have union with him. And I know that a lot of what you're talking about has to do with that. And this talk is about choosing life. And, you know, when we're doing all of those things to try to grow closer with God, I think the point that Nancy's making is you can't help but make the right decision in choosing against abortion and for everything to do with pro-life, whether it be uh, abortion or euthanasia, physician-assisted suicide, uh, end-of-life issues, whatever it is. I mean, the closer you are to God in, in living out his will, uh, it helps us to make those right decisions. Um, I think we do have to make it, though, pretty clear that um, as Catholics and as Christians and, and as people of faith, that... Uh, you know, the de decisions that we do make with our civic duty and in voting should reflect that. Like I said, we're not going to get into all of the details about candidates or anything like that, but we have to take that into consideration, all of these things into deep consideration 
when you make those decisions. Um, the next thing on the list that you wanted to talk about I have is when you get out of the way, and I mean getting out of God's way so that through Mary, through Jesus, and through God himself and the Holy Spirit, so you can get more help to live that better life. Can you talk more about that? You know, one of the things that we really forget, I don't know how everyone else embraces their life, but I always was very enthusiastic about life, but I thought it was going to be my life, what I wanted. And I was, that was reinforced in culture. You can do anything you want. So I went out willy nilly with enthusiasm and a pleasant personality and I can do all things, but I didn't end it with, I can do all things with God. I went on to think I can do all things because Nancy can do it. So there was some, <laughs> there was some white knuckling going on. Does anybody relate to that in that you were trying so hard, you're going to do it, you're going to make it, and you get exhausted. So we did touch on this last time. So what we're not going to do is do it all ourselves. That's when we realize, oh, I kind of, well, no, I did get in the way. God had a plan. He probably presented many opportunities for me. But because I wasn't looking for his guidance, but asking for him to bless my decision, I didn't let God steer the boat. And so I have dealt with many consequences of my well-intended decisions without going to God first. So instead of asking God to bless my decision, we're going to ask to be on God's side. We're not going to ask God to be on our side. We're going to ask to be on God's side. And that's a different, that's a change of heart. <laughs> it really is. That's, that's excellent. An excellent point of advice, especially on this topic of choosing life. Uh, again, I just want to remind you that there is a part one to this podcast too, so you can listen to that one and get some more uh, wonderful wisdom from Nancy on that other podcast. All you need to do is go to Philly Nonatus on YouTube, and that is our YouTube channel, and just subscribe. It really does help when we get new subscribers. And I also would invite you to please share it with your friends because this is a great way for people to um, get catechized, right? But also to be enriched in their faith and also to grow in their prayer life and to learn about these great resources. Um, I do want to interject again about the resources that, uh, you know, we're talking about pro-life and Nan Nancy was just talking about doing God's will instead of our own will, right? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So for a woman who's contemplating an abortion or making a decision that affects the life of someone else, uh, that's when you really have to ask yourself, Am I doing what God wants? You know, and we live in a world, a very materialistic world that says, do what you want, have a wonderful career, don't have a child right now, uh, don't settle down with a family right now, uh, have that abortion. So that's when you ask yourself, like all the things that Nancy's talking about, having to do with following the will of God, uh, that as much as the world might entice us into these decisions to do what we want to do, what seems to be easier, right? Easier is probably the best word and more uh, self-sufficient. In the end, uh, looking back, they are never good decisions because it's taking a life. 
It's never God's will to take a life in any way, whether it be a baby in the womb, a middle-aged person, an elderly person, a person on death row, a person sick in the hospital. It's never God's will to take a life. So I thank you so much again for that wisdom you've given us. Now, you mentioned in your outline to me that you wanted to talk about something called a start. And I'm guessing that when we say a start, you know, all of us have failed God in some way. I know I have. I'm sure that if you are listening, we have all done something in some way throughout our lives, whether it be something small or great, that we needed to get forgiven, right? We needed to either uh, receive the graces of sacramental confession or to simply just beg God for forgiveness uh, on, on, on another day-to-day uh, -day issue that maybe doesn't require to run to confession, but so the mistakes that, and failings of our days. So with that, there's always a fresh start. And even for you who are listening, who maybe you are a person who has been affected by abortion in some ways, uh, it doesn't matter because there's always a fresh start uh, with God, but first you need to go to the sacraments. So maybe, uh, Nancy, you can talk more about that because you did say you wanted to talk about a start. Thank you. That is exactly where we need to look first, to God's merciful love. He is so loving. It's nothing compared. We can't even comprehend it. He can't wait to forgive us. He can't wait to give us mercy. So if you're having trouble going to confession, confide in a friend and just say, would you go with me? And just have someone there waiting with you in line. If you have to make an appointment to drive you there, it's not to exert pressure, but to exert support. And I've seen this so many times, not necessarily at the confessional, for some reason, we've been misinformed about what going to confession is about. We've had many people ask, well, why do you have to go to a man to confess? Can't you just confess to God? And I said, oh, yeah, well, I confess to God quite a few <laughs> times during the day um, when I'm not as virtuous as I'd like to be, some thoughts, some inclinations. But this is a special grace, a sacramental grace that is phenomenal. He wants to give you the mercy through what he's given us through the authority of the church. So this is what's pretty amazing is that he doesn't just give us a scripture. He doesn't give us this kind of difficult relationship with him because he's not standing there right next to us. And just is not the word I should say, but we have more than a relationship with Jesus. A lot of um, denominations say it's me and Jesus. With the Catholics, we have the Bible, we have Jesus, we have the church. Through the church, he gives us support, encouragement, strength. These sacraments give us healing. So if we can just a simple thing, remember when Jesus was healing, so many people were um, delivered from demonic oppression and possession, we've lost sight of who our real enemy is. It's not other people. It's Satan who lied to us and created this environment where we can't even see how, how much love God has for us. And we're being duped. Run to the confessional. 
I say run to the confessional. And then a lot of people were taught you only go to confession for, with more mortal sins. No, you go to confession to receive the grace to be able to fight the battle. We're, we are in a battle between good and evil. It's not necessarily palpable in our culture because it's hard to recognize sometimes what is wrong and what is right. You know, right now, some things that they say, what we're saying in our culture is good is really evil. And then what our culture is telling us is evil is really good. We have to be very smart, very determined, but don't tire yourself out because you're going to get worn down. God has to fight the battle for us. We ask him to do that. We ask him to help us. Thank you for saying that so well. And I'm glad you brought that up about confession. I mean, I myself like to frequent confession, as you said, to receive the grace. Uh, uh, even when we are not in mortal sin, right, we can still receive many graces to uh, confess the venial sins or uh, other things that we just need to get off of our chest with God, knowing that we did make some kind of a mistake or sin and bringing it to God often, right? To bringing it to God often. So I thank you so much for sharing on that. Uh, and we have some resources even on our helpful resources page about the sacraments of the church on nonatus.org. So I invite you to also check out there because we are through a religious order, through the Mercedarian religious order is where we were founded. Um, so we do have priests and religious that are praying for your intentions. Uh, I also invite you to please let us know those prayer intentions by going to our website or reaching out to me at my email address, which I'll give you again, uh, is director.srnf at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. And as I said, don't forget that you can make that a one hour free spiritual consultation appointment with our spiritual moderator, Father Ken Breen, who's on this podcast with us, uh, listening on the live feed on YouTube, and, uh, and or myself, I'd be happy to also join. So again, getting back to our topic, uh, Nancy, I will just mention you have that when we have God, we are living purity, chastity, obedience, and true freedom to do authentic good, because with God, all things are possible. I wondered if you can share on that. So when we were talking about confession, we were realizing that there's something that we've done that might need to be brought to God to be corrected. And when we're looking at the perfection of God, when we're examining our conscience, and there's so many different ways to examine your conscience, it's fascinating, it's, it's, it's unending. And it's exciting too, because you realize, oh, I thought I was so good but I'm missing a little bit on, on this. Oh, I'm missing a lot on this part. And am I obedient to God? Hmm. So we try to look at what true freedom is, and we're thinking doing what we want when we want is true freedom. Well, really, that is not true freedom. That's slavery. We're going back to Egypt again and being, and, and pardon me, I love Egypt, but the, the Egypt in the um, abstract, in the, in the slavery to sin, into how God freed his people from Egyptian slavery. And he wants to free us from our slavery to sin and to putting things. We talked a little bit about attachment to this world. When we're attached to this world, it really does draw us away from God. We get really preoccupied with the success of this world. It's just 
what we end up doing. And it's hard to be successful in every aspect of our life. So with God, he will focus on what he wants us to correct, to reorder towards him. And when we do go to confession and ask God to be with us as we, we um, pray a Holy, Holy Spirit prayer that he enlighten our minds, uh, one of our prayer groups, so that we can see where he wants us to begin being closer to him. And it helps so much to do better every day. So without the examination of conscience, without the sacraments, and without the help of God, it's not possible. It's really very, very difficult. We've heard about trying to go through a camel through the needle. Um, the, the eye of the needle isn't possible. But with God, it's not the same. It's a different door. He opens his door. He's the door. So when I look at the crucifix, I'm asking everybody to take another look at that difficult picture of the suffering Lord. He did that. He didn't do it for nothing. He did it for you. He did it for me. The more we become aware of him, how he's offering every day, can't wait to forgive us. And he wants to have others to love us as he loves us. And he's inviting us to step it up to, to, to instead of just loving our neighbors as we love ourselves, he gave us that new commandment, love others as he loved you. It's very sacrificial. And I think our culture could use a little bit of that. I'm not sure if all this self-involvement is helping us become better. It seems like we have so many people that are in depression. They don't understand what they were truly created for. They don't understand the meaning of life. And it is challenging. So with, if we can be loving to others and be real Christians in sacrificial love like our Lord, I think we're, we are going to be that light that he talks about, that we won't be darkened by our sin and our hesitation to live for him. When we make these choices, we are making a choice for Jesus. It's and it's so a better beautiful. choice. Isn't you know, it a better choice? It really is. And, uh, and, and especially since the topic of, of this evening is choose life, right? So you would think that it has to do only with... Uh, going and, and choosing against abortion and choosing life, right? Um, or even all of the aspects that I mentioned, euthanasia or end-of-life decisions, death row, all of that. But there's much more to it, as Nancy's saying. Nancy's really asking us to turn inward before we look out. She's asking us to uh, look inside of ourselves for that uh, time with God and time to reflect so that we can develop into the people God made us to be when we make those decisions that have to do with our life, that have to do with our community, and actually that affect our whole nation and our whole world. Now, I think I'm correct in assuming what I just said, um, Nancy, but I think that's what I'm getting from it is that it's more of a look inside of our, ourselves in, and, and in, through the Holy Spirit, deepening that relationship with God and, and recognizing our own sin, and it's hard to hear that word sometimes for many, because uh, none of us, I don't think many of us like to own up to the fact that we are sinners and we do need God. So I think that's the direction that you're going in with your talk this evening, is that before we make those right decisions having to do with choosing life, that first we have to figure out 
where we are with God and where do we stand with him, right? Now, the last thing I thought we could talk about before we end in about 10 minutes or so is the idea that our culture uh, moves us away from that relationship with God. And there's something, as you've mentioned, uh, not regarding involvement and devolvement. Tell us about what devolvement means and also how we can soar with God. It's really an exciting time to recognize we're alive in a difficult time because God is going to give us all the help we need to get closer to him. God loves his people. Nancy was saying that God just loves his people. We're so grateful for the opportunity that we had on this podcast this evening with her. Sorry, we had to cut short at the very end, uh, but we are so grateful for her time. And she will be back with us again in the future. Nancy from Chicago had so much to share with us. Uh, again, my name is Anne DeSantis, and I am the director for the St. Raymond Onatsis Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. You can learn more about us on our website at nonatsis.org. I hope you join us again the next time on the last Thursday of the month as we will be discussing uh, another topic. So uh, I'm not sure if we have Nancy again. Yes, she's back uh, as, so. as we are back again to end this podcast pretty soon. Um, so I, I wondered if you had some closing words before we end our podcast. So God loves us in truth and honesty. He's not going to lie to us. He wants to pour grace, love, perfection, and to have us be with him always in eternity in heaven. So if we know that our end result is in heaven, then everything that we do here can point to that goal. We want to get to, to heaven with God. And we've been created to be in full participation, in perfect union with God. That's where we have amazing love and we soar with God, not devolve into a culture where we can deal with all these consequences of our sin. So instead of rebelling against God, let's be what we were meant to be when he created us in union with him. And I just hope that with our prayers and our service to others, we can see a big improvement in our decision-making. And let's do that together. Don't do it alone with the sacraments, with the church, and with our friends and, and who are you in union with our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, it, it's been a wonderful podcast with you. I always enjoy having you as a guest here. And, and I do, Nancy, invite you to come back again because you have uh, such a close relationship with our Lord and, and very knowledgeable about church teaching and the prayer life. And I know that uh, your faith is really the most important thing in your life. Uh, so again, I, I also want to thank the people that have been listening. I did think we were ending a few minutes ago <laughs> because of our connection, but you're back again. So I thank everyone and, and all of you who are listening as I said, please do connect with us. Um, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your prayer intentions. Um, if it is in your heart and you would like to donate to the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation, we would love uh, to partner with you in some way. Uh, so please, if you go to that first page of our website, there's a donate button there. If, if, if it's in your heart to make some uh, type of small donation, we'd be so grateful. So I'm gonna end this podcast by uh, reciting a prayer. And this prayer is from Father Frank Pavone, who is the 
uh, director of Priests for Life. I do also want to mention, I told you all that I'd give you the link for uh, Students for Life. And I don't actually have it prepared right here, but please do go on to Facebook. I think the best way to connect with them is to uh, go in the search engine on Facebook or Twitter and look for Students for Life because uh, there's such wonderful information there to, uh, to bring you into uh, more knowledge about the pro-life movement. So, and again, don't forget, we're on, in a campaign for 40 Days for Life. Uh, if you don't know about 40 Days for Life, please do uh, check that out as well on Google and learn more about this campaign. So as we pray together, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, I thank you today for the gift of my life and for the lives of all of my brothers and sisters. I know that nothing that destroys more life than abortion in this world Yet I rejoice that you have conquered death by the resurrection of your son. I'm ready to do my part in ending abortion. Today, I commit myself never to be silent, never to be passive, never to be forgetful of the unborn. I commit myself to be active in the pro-life movement and never to stop defending life until all my brothers and sisters are protected. A nation with liberty and justice, not just for some, but for all. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Once again, thank you, Nancy, and thank you, everyone, from the St. Raymond Onatsis Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, visit nonatus.org or email director.srnf at gmail.com. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.